getting that work in. Most coaches like to tell you to do shit, but don't get in the work themselves. I get in that work. Handsome he is. He's all big and small. Might be this might be his lift. Devil does indeed work hard, but I promise you, Brandon Ammo does work hard. All right, what's going on, guys? Dr. Matt here, host of the Roadie Strength Podcast. Got another special guest on today, Brandon Ammo. What's going on, man? Matt, how you doing, sir? Doing good, doing good. We're recording out of the CrossFit Providence Studios for the first time. We're back on our game day RX vibe. Uh, Chris behind the camera here, so we get the nice setup. We got the four wooden boxes, as usual. So uh, we're going to kick it off. So uh, Brandon, just to give you a quick intro, uh, URI athlete, um, friends with Chris back in the day at URI, uh, you did weight throw, you did hammer throw, uh, you competed in track and field, also at Hendrickson, uh, now working as a coach, trainer for high school athletes, as well as working with some guys over at Harvard University. Yeah, yeah, that pretty much sums <laughs> it up. Um, I know, pretty small uh, weight hammer thrower. I'm only 5'8". So uh, you don't really get a lot of, you know, guys my height throwing. But yeah, that, that's pretty much uh, my whole background, essentially. I, I love that. I don't know if I've ever met or, or talked to someone who's done hammer throw or weight throw. So I'm super interested to dive into that and, and talk more about that. But yeah, so you're, so you're more in like the, there's, are there weight classes with that or is it? So it, weirdly enough, it's one of the only strength application based sports that there isn't weight classes in it. Um, you know, usually when you get to uh, weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, um, even, you know, wrestling, there is weight classes. But in track and field, it's a category. It's a field event. So they don't separate as far as weight classes go. It would be interesting to see that happen, though, if yeah. that ever was to happen. Yeah, it would mean I don't almost make sense because you could almost picture like the guys who are really big could just use their momentum to, to toss it further. But maybe that's not the case. So, yeah, so I mean, um, gener like, generally speaking, the bigger uh, athletes do have an advantage, but there's so much form, technique, general athleticism, uh, being dynamic that plays a role. So you do have athletes that are on the smaller side that throw far. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's actually funny you bring that up. I, I went to regionals my senior year and there's a photo of me at regionals and I'm next to all these like six, five giants and I'm like the little, <laughs> little like tiny peanut over there. So it's a cool, That's cool awesome. picture I have to bring up. That's really cool. Um, so we're going to start it off. We're going to get right into rapid fire questions. I, I personally love these questions. They're interesting for me. Uh, I hope they're interesting for my listeners too, or maybe they are just sick of it and they fast forward this part, but either way, uh, We'll get right into it. So favorite coffee shop, maybe yep. somewhere in Providence or somewhere around here. Oh, coffee connection. Okay. Co nice. Cumberland and North Providence. All right. Good spot. All yeah. right. The North Providence one is, is right next to my house. I've definitely been there a few times. What do you, what do you get there? Uh, black iced coffee. That's it. Nice. Me medium. Always, always iced. Always medium. Yep. 
Why not large? I don't know, man. I, when I ever get the large coffee, I just never finish it. But um, I said always black iced, uh, keep it basic. I actually like the taste of coffee grounds. Sure. So, um, I mean, and I, I always tell people always look at me crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, if you don't put cream and sugar in it, you get more stimulated. So that's my little like lie I tell people. <laughs> there you go. I like that. I'm the same way. I go, I go hot black to start off the day. And then uh, sometimes I mix it up. But You're from New England? Yeah. Hot black. Wow. Hot black, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot, of iced, a lot of iced coffee drinkers in New England. Uh, next question we got is favorite go-to breakfast. Now, this could be like a breakfast spot around the area or something you just make yourself at home. Uh, fit, every morning I have a spinach protein shake. Um, okay. Throw a bunch of spinach in the blender, uh, chocolate protein, scoop of peanut butter, almond milk. Every single, uh, every single morning that's my go-to um, if I have to go out or like get dragged to go eat, I go to a cozy grill, cozy grill oh. on Warwick Ave. Gotcha. Okay. I haven't been there, but I've definitely driven by that spot a hundred times. Yeah. Oh, it's a good spot. It's always packed in there. So cool. All right. I like that. This, and the spinach, so you get your greens in the morning. I uh, see. I hate vegetables. So I just like throw <laughs> a bunch of spinach in the shake and I'm like, all right, I had my vegetables for the day. Wait, do you kind of taste it as it coming down to like kind of gritty? Nah, it actually doesn't taste like anything. I think I, I have the Ninja Blender. Oh, so okay. I, I think it gets it down to the perfect consistency. Solid. Uh, next question we got. So getting a little more into the educational piece here, I think, or or fiction or whatever, but uh, favorite recent book. And if you're not a big book reader or audible reader, um, you can sub out like podcast for that. So fa- all right, favorite book that I've been reading. I've gone back to this book maybe – Eight times in my life, just going back and read it. It's a uh, transfer training in sports by Antoni Bondarchuk. Um, Antoni Bondarchuk was a was a Russian sports scientist slash coach, one of the most knowledgeable guys on track and field. And he talks about transfer training in sports. So a lot of times, you know, as we said earlier, with throwing or track and field in general, everyone thinks it's you know the biggest, strongest uh, athlete. But he was one of the first really sports scientists that talked about how you can train specifically for your sport and how becoming more of a dynamic overall athlete will transfer better into what you're doing. So, um, so it's cool stuff because it's like, it's like whether it's football, basketball, uh, volleyball, there's things that you can do specifically for that sport in the weight room. That's going to transfer when you're on the field. So whenever I'm like in a point in time when I'm like, I'm programming or anything, I always just go back to that book and just read it. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Is that um? So I saw I was skipping ahead a little bit. So your I know your background is kinesiology at URI. Yep. Is that a book you found through that? No, it was uh. I don't even know how I found found the book. Um, it was just it's just one of those books like people who like track and field always bring up. They're oh, uh, have you okay. read Transfer Training in Sports? Have you read Transfer Training in Sports? And uh, so I it's my coach actually in college. He had an, a, a copy of it. And I think it's a rare book to find the actual copy. And he gave it to me. He's like, he's like, don't fold the book. Don't bend it. Bring it back. <laughs> Perfect condition. And I went home, took photos of all the books. Everything was going on. I always like go back. And now I have the online PDF version. Nice, nice. That's cool. I haven't heard that one before. I also like, I did a little bit of track in high school, but not enough to like really get into the sport. So, uh, and I, I feel like in the weightlifting world, like that's probably not a book that would come up very often. So oh, no, uh, not that's, co- that's cool. Yeah. I haven't heard that one. I like that a lot. Is it, is it like a textbook encyclopedia almost style or is it? It, it kind of, yeah. it is, but there's a lot of case studies in okay. it and there's, um, the world record holder in the hammer throw actually, uh, this coach coached him. 
Um, it, it tracks his training throughout the his, when he set the world record and what he was doing when he was waking up in the morning, his his lifts, uh, how far he was throwing different weighted implements, all that stuff. Um, so I mean, like, you know, that's something I'm like really, really into into reading. It's just cool stuff to just go back on and experiment, try out new things with uh, my athletes, honestly. Totally. OK, I like that a lot. Cool. Um, next rapid fire we got for you is favorite recent podcast, or just maybe some podcasts that you like to listen to either interesting, entertaining, or, uh, maybe something, uh, like sport related. Uh, so I'm not going to give you a sport related. I like, I like, <laughs> <That's> fine. <laughs> I like earn your leisure. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm like low key, a finance bro. Um, <laughs> I just like the whole concept of uh, finance and, you know, kind of setting yourself up for the future. So earn your leisure is pretty awesome. Um, and then I- I'm a big trivia buff. Like I know random stuff that no one cares about. So nice. I like, I like stuff you should know. It's a good one too. Stuff you should know. I've heard of that one. I haven't heard of the earn your leisure one. Is that a pretty popular podcast? Yeah. Earn, yeah. I think earn your leisure okay. is big and uh, stuff you should know is big too. But earn your leisure. I said, if you're like a random finance bro, you're like, you, you got to throw that on. Pretty, pretty good podcast. All right, I, I got to listen to both of them. I feel like the trivia one will help me a lot too. Just get, give me some random piece of advice if I ever uh, you know, play trivia at a, at a bar or something like that. Man, you never know. <laughs> you, you find your future wife uh, from trivia. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, next question, we got favorite Instagram accounts. So again, could be same thing. Could be like sports related. Could be um, just in general, some entertaining for you. Uh, I'll give a shout out to one of my, uh, one of my boys. He has an Instagram account called Sectorfile. Um, it's like a meme account for, for throwers. Um, okay. It, it, it's just, it's just track and field memes that you'd have to, you know, th- actually you'd have to throw to make the memes even remotely funny. So he kind of, <laughs> the best kind. Yeah. He kind of started that. So, you know, I'm gonna give a shout out to him. Cause I Can have, you say that again? The name of it? It's called sector foul. So, uh, sector foul, like F O U L. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so I mean, it's, it, again, it's a, it's just a funny thing that throwers like, so I'm gonna give a shout out to him. Um, Another Instagram account I'm a big fan of too is I like uh I like Grunge Bible. That's okay. a, another one of my boys started that one, and <laughs> I'm not the hugest Grunge fan, but I, hey, I gotta, I gotta support the squad. Absolutely, I like that. Was that uh, like music you're talking about? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like right. 90s, 80s grunge. Okay, Nirvana, the you know, hair, Soundgarden. Yeah, Soundgarden. Nice like, I'm like I'm learning all this stuff now, <laughs> nice. so. Perfect. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll tag both of them. I like it. All right. Perfect. Uh, next question. We got somewhere you've traveled recently or somewhere you have plans to travel to soon. So, uh, I traveled to Ghana recently. My family's, cool. my family's from Ghana. Both my mom and dad were born in Ghana and my grandma still lives there. So I went out there, spent two weeks out there and it's, it's crazy. Cause, um, when I was born, I, uh, my mom actually shipped me over to live with my grandma <laughs> for a couple of years and kind of going back to Ghana now, it's like night and day. It's become a you know big tourist destination. Really? Everyone who's finding their roots back in Africa, um, they're all going to Ghana. It's become like, you know, they have like Afrochella, which is like African Coachella. They got a bunch of stuff going on. So uh, Ghana's, Ghana's dope. Beautiful. I recommend it for everyone. How long were you there? Two weeks I was there for. Or with my grandparents or... Or, I mean, yeah, just recently. Uh, I was there for two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. And then... Have you been a bunch of times? Yeah, yeah. So. That's cool. It's cool. And then my next trip I'm trying to go, I'm trying to go out to Japan. Sweet. Oh, you been there? No, I have not been there. <laughs> what, just just like be a tourist, go man, check it out? Man, I'm, just trying, I'm trying to have the vibes, man. <laughs> see, like what's, see what's popping up over there. So I kind of want to go because uh, there's really good like skiing and snowboarding out there. Oh, like some of the best, yeah. 
See, man, I'm never skiing. I won't lie to you. <laughs> so I'm just curious if you were a skier. Yeah, oh, no, no, God, no. Uh, no. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, all right. Next question we got is favorite sneaker. Now, this could be like you could go either direction, like lifestyle or you go like in the gym. What's your go-to shoe? All right. I'm a big sneakerhead. Okay. Huge, <laughs> yeah, right. huge sneakerhead. Um, I, I own a lot of shoes. Um, <laughs> That's like my guilty pleasure. Okay. So when I go traveling places, people are like, oh, like, did you get a souvenir? Did you get what? I'm like, no, nah, I bought a pair of shoes. Nice. It reminds me of the place. But um, my favorite pair of shoes has, and they're actually re-releasing this year. I have, I think I already have a pair of them though. It's a uh, Jordan threes, but the white cement colorway. That's my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite shoe. But Jordan threes in general, I think I have ten pairs of Jordan threes. I think it's one oh. of the most underrated Jordans. Everyone's on the big ones buff, but I'm a threes guy. <laughs> nice, I like it. What about what? What do you work out in? Uh, so I work. So I've always. So I had this pair of Volt Green Nike Romaleos. I know okay, you've seen them. Yeah, yeah. That was the first Olympic lifting shoe I bought. I bought that when I was like eighteen in my college dorm room when I had like five hundred dollars in my bank account. Like I should yeah. not have been buying <laughs> like a two hundred dollars shoe. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have bought a two hundred dollars <laughs> shoe. So like East Bay still existed then. They had a twenty percent off discount. Threw the discount code in the uh in there, and then nice. I, I ordered those, and I wore those shoes. Um, uh, it had to be seven years straight. I, like you still have them? I still have them. Didn't nice. change them at all. I mean, now I've uh, I've gone a new pair of shoes. Yeah, I switched over to the Addy Power Lifts, but now nice. I'm, I'm back in the Ni- Nike Romaleos, the uh, fours. Nice, nice. But I, those Vol Green ones, man, <laughs> <laughs> they last forever. Ever. Like you. Like, if you buy one pair, you might never need to buy another pair. No, especially if you only wear them in the gym. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, I, I try to be good about that. It's like, we're on the platform and, like, even if I'm doing accessory work, I just take them off usually. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't wear them outside. <laughs> never outside. <laughs> no, it makes sense. It makes I, sense. I got the same thing. I got the uh, Addy Power Lifts. Oh. Um, I got red ones and black ones. And right in the, right when I first started, I had, uh, Adidas came out with a, it wasn't a, an Olympic lifting shoe. It was like, a, it had a slightly smaller heel. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I think they call it the strong lift. Yes. Yeah. I have and seen I, that. And I bought that, but um, I think they were supposed to be more of like a power lifter style shoe, but I quickly, um, cause they were cheaper. That's why I bought them. And I quickly went like, all right, I'm going to get the power lift after that. But I haven't tried the Nike ones and I, and I've seen a lot of people where the Nike ones are good. Yeah. No, a good shoe. I, I, one thing I will say is the Adidas ones are more comfortable. I yeah. Say. They're yeah. way more comfortable. Have you seen the ones that have the wood heel? The Adidas ones, the old school powers? Yeah. Those those go for a ton of money on eBay. It's crazy. Um, I had a, so my first day of practice at the University of Rhode Island, you know, kind of walking in thinking I was strong and all that stuff. We had this uh, thrower. I, I'll, show you, I'll show you over the video. He hand cleans 405. He, he had the Adidas wooden. <laughs> no way. He, he had those on. He hand cleans 405 in the whole smooth, pro, it looked like 70%. No way. And he had those shoes on. Those the first time I saw those. And they look like dress shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've seen those in the wild, actually. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. online. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, all right. Last rapid fire question I got for you is favorite movement in the gym or could be you could use it for like hammer throw or, or um, weight throw too. So favorite movement. It has to be. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen this. It's called Hungarian cleans or Hungarian snatches. Uh, no, I don't think so. So all it is a fancy term Hungarian, but all it is is that you do a high pull and then reactive off the high pull, you'll do the clean. So you'll, you'll pull on a high pull and then you'll pull again and then you'll catch it on the second rep. Or, you know, you can do three high pulls and then catch the fourth one on the clean. So do you, after the high pull, do you bring the bar all the way back down to the floor? Yep. And then immediately do a clean after that? Under, yep. 
Cool. It, All it's right. Extremely, it's an extremely reactive movement. Um, a lot of times people do it for tempo-based training or just uh, it, it's very, very European sports specific, mainly to track and field athletes. Hmm. But it, it's one of those lifts where ever, every time I program it, I notice the instant uh, change with the athletes because it's, vo- it's a velocity-based lift. Sure. But it still incorporates the Olympic movement into it. Do you think you're getting almost like a uh, like a stretch shortening cycle there, where like it's a, it's a high speed movement and then you go right into your your lift after that? Oh yeah, yeah, 100%, it, make, yeah. it makes a huge difference. That's cool. I like that. So is there a uh, is it a touch and go, or can you like stop, reset for a second, and then go into your movement? Touch and go. Touch and go. So yep. go lift and then go. Yep. That's cool. I haven't done those. You, you got to yeah. put those. I tell you, you put those into your. You put those in your program. You're gonna. You're gonna go up. Like that has to be number. Uh, there's another one that's came to my mind. Right. That, that and then Hatfield squats. Oh, after um, is it after Doctor Hatfield yep. and uh, at URI? Yep. Shout out. Let's go. <laughs> so actually, I I've heard of those, but I don't know what they are. Oh man, it's a, no. So it's uh, it's say you have a safety bar. Put a safety bar on. Like, yeah. Uh, instead of holding it here, you'd hold the railings of a of a platform. Oh. And then yeah. you get into the hole and then come back up. Gotcha. Um, it really recruits a lot of muscle fibers, adds a lot of force. It's a lot of force, rapid force development, and you can load the weight. Um, usually, a lot of times, if you program that for athletes specifically, as Dr. Hatfield said, so that's what got him to squat over 1,000 pounds. Wow. Um, like, if you program that, you notice a huge – because the, the safety bar it puts you kind of in the front squat position, but you're right. able to load it heavy as if it's a back squat. Right. And it translates over really well to your your clean uh, your clean and jerk your snatch your front squat your back squat. It makes a huge difference. So with the safety bar, obviously it's on your it's on your back, and those things are coming over to the front like this. Yep. And you're not holding on to those. You're holding on to the rig. Yep. Or the squat rack. It doesn't flip back and fall. It no, stays on your back. It stays stationary on your back. But what I always do with all of my athletes, or you know, if I have a group or whatever, I make them hold it. Yeah. Um. So it, like a partner. Yeah. Like a partner. Like you're. You know. You're spotting. Yeah. Make them hold it so it doesn't fall back. Don't, I've never yeah. had a situation where it has. But it's I'm, pretty sturdy on there. Yeah. But I'm a big like safety yeah, in the weight yeah. room. I don't like anyone getting Think a hurt. few steps ahead. Yeah. I don't like any. <laughs> I don't like anyone getting hurt in the weight room. Totally. Totally. Um, so we always partner up with it. That's really cool. Um. All right. So we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to talk. Start to get into your background through Hedrickin, through URI, and um, Hammer Throw. All right, perfect. Cool. All right. All right, we are back. So starting off, uh, I'm just going to do a quick list of your, uh, your awards, your accolades. So we're going to run down the line. 2018, Outdoor Atlantic 10 Champion in the Hammer. 810s. Let's, Let's go. go. And then also in the Weight Throw yep. in 2018. 2016, uh, Runner Up. In the indoor A10 weight throw, 2017 indoor A10 champion in the weight throw. Sir. All you or I. Sir. Let's go. All right. So we're going to start. Uh, let's start back at. So I have two things listed. I did a little bit of uh, homework on you. So we have Hendrickin. We also have Providence Cobras. Oh. Was that at the same time? So, uh, it's t- <laughs> all right. So where, where do I even start with this Hendrickin story? So um, I had a coach at Hendrickin, uh, Coach Johnston, the GOAT, the GOAT for sure. Um, uh, he kept he kept trying to get me to throw the hammer since I was maybe a freshman or a sophomore, and I was like, I'm like I was like tiny. I'm like I'm like why does this guy want me to throw the hammer? Because uh, he saw me try out for soccer. I was terrible at soccer. Um, he saw me play other sports. He said, No, you, you gotta come throw the hammer. You gotta come throw the hammer every time he sees me in the hallway. You gotta come throw the hammer. 
I got really big into weightlifting when I was a sophomore. And he'd always be in the weight room. You come throw the hammer. I'm like, I'm like, is this guy following me everywhere? And I kept avoiding this guy. I was like, there's no way I'm throwing the hammer. No shot. Uh, I had no interest in it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, what were you interested in? So I so I I played. I tried to play soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Not not that good. Sure. Um, I played rugby and I broke my knee. Oh. Not non-contact. Um, oh wow! Yeah, my junior year of high school. Uh, it was like a pickup game. It wasn't even non-contact though. Yeah, non-contact. So just like just ACL or no? The actual, the actual cap. The uh, but, wow, yeah, crazy. Uh, I don't even. Yeah, fix that turf field. Um, <laughs> it's funny. We told everyone we were, I was playing soccer in the backyard, but that's not what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> rugby. Yeah. Um. So you know, after that knee injury, uh, I I really didn't have a sport to kind of you know ball on um so you know even let's, let's even trace back so my freshman year i thought it's gonna be a sprinter it doesn't be this world-class high level uh sprinter i broke my femur no way yeah, I broke my femur running um at practice like it, it was i was just running uh we were running group another athlete came hit the back of my leg i just fell down femur snap had to go to the the uh are you, are you talking Femur, upper leg, or fibula, lower leg? Oh, upper leg. What? Crazy, right? That's a really hard bone to break. Yes. So I, I had two major... smokes. I had two major injuries. So in my freshman year, I had the femur. My junior year, I had the knee. Um, you know, and then I, it was one of those things where I wanted to be good at something. Yeah. Um, I did, like, again, the school I went to, Hendrick, and big sports school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I was like, hey, you know, let me just try out the hammer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, go to a practice almost decapitate myself, winding the hammer on my head. I'm like, oh, I don't know, this is for me and Coach John. So it's kind of like, hey, stick with it. Yeah. Um, so I stick, I stuck with it, got super, super obsessed with, you know, getting the movement down, getting the rhythm down. Again, I was not the most athletic person whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so that when I say I could do it, anyone could do it. Um, so I was able to get the rhythm down, get the movement down. Um, and then I just kind of, Really got obsessed. I was like, hey, maybe I can make the varsity team. I saw the kids that were ahead of me. I'm like, maybe I can, if I work hard enough, I can make the varsity team. So I, I just kind of started grinding, and then uh, I got really good at it. Um, and then it opened doors for me potentially to go out of the state for college. And then, you know, uh, URI obviously was the the best financial uh, situation and the best situation for me. And even at URI, compared to the other schools I was talking to, like, URI was like, you can come as a walk-on if you want. It wasn't, yeah, e- it yeah. wasn't even, I had a scholarship or anything. Sure. So, you know, I walked on the URI and then had success over there. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I was looking, um, on your URI profile, like you had a, like, you could have gone to like Charlotte, you could have gone to Miami and you ended up choosing URI over them. Yup. So what, so with Miami, Miami would have been a preferred walk-on position. The, I, I have shout out to the, shout out to the coach at Miami. I have no idea why he was even remotely interested in talking <laughs> to me whatsoever. Um, you know, he kind of was like, Hey, you know, if you apply and you know, you get in, I, I, he's like, I'll take you on the team here. And then the coach over at Charlotte, I had a good friend who threw hammer over there yeah. and he was, you know, kind of talking to the coach about me and the coach gave me an offer. He's like, Hey, I want you to come on the team. Um, and which, ironically enough, you know, I email URI, and I always make fun of my my throws coach over there. Like, hey, I emailed you, and you never, you never responded back to me. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I was like, hey, man, I'm and like, so my senior year, like, I my fifth year, I had a really good campaign. I'm like, man, I scored you all these points, man, and you didn't even answer my email. <laughs> Just keep chirping about it. <laughs> yeah, I gotta bring it up to him. <laughs> That's great. You have to. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that was so was it sophomore year at Hendricken? You got a hammer, or was it? So I, so I actually officially started the hammer my senior year of high school. 
Okay. Wow. So I came into the sport really, really late. Um, you know, after, you know, trying it out, I said, again, I said, I fell in love with it and kind of became obsessed with getting good at it. Um, and again, not being the highest level caliber athlete, not being the most athletic, not being the strongest, not being the most flexible. Uh, that's kind of, I think what opened my passion eventually going to coaching was yeah. I figured out so much things of how to get myself better. Um, and, and I had a lot of good guidance over the way and that's where the Cobras came in. So <laughs> yeah, tell me about the Cobras. So after my senior year of high school where, you know, I decided, Hey, I'm going to go to the university of Rhode Island. Um, Providence Cobras existed at the time. It was, and the throws division was ran by this guy, Nick Palazzo. Uh, and he was a throws coach at Rhode Island college at the time. Uh, the goat, the goat, <laughs> Nick Palazzo, the goat. Like, he's one of the most underrated throws coaches in the New England area. He, he's very low key. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't, you know, poke his head out. He just does his thing. The goat. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, I, I, I ran into Nick when I was throwing over at Mount Pleasant just by myself. And then Nick was like, hey, you should join the Cobras. And I was like, I was like how's the Cobras? <laughs> He's like, oh, it's a club I run. Um, I'm here, you know, Tuesday and Thursday. Whenever you need me and you want to throw, I'll be here. And I was like, all right, how much does it cost? He's like, don't worry about it. I was like, I was like wait, what do you mean don't worry about it? He's like, don't worry about it. It'd be my pleasure to help. So that whole, su whole summer, I joined the Cobras. And I was at practice every single, you know, Tuesday, Thursday with Nick. And I text Nick all the time, like, hey, Nick, I want to throw. I want to throw. And every time I text the guy, like, hey, can you help me out? I want to throw. He would be there to help me out. And he really, really prepped me for URI at the time because going into URI as a walk-on, they had an insane recruiting class coming in. The, the recruiting class coming to URI was ridiculous. It was, they, they wrote an article about it. It was one of the best recruiting classes. Wow. Um, what year? This had to be 2013. Gotcha. Going okay. In. Um, they had a, you know, a, they had studs, all studs. Um, shout out, shout out to the, the 2013 incoming class, uh, <laughs> my guys. Um, so Nick really prepared me to, you know, go try to make the URI team. Um, and you know, the the Cobras. I don't, I don't believe the Cobras exist anymore. But at the time, it was like the youth development track. I couldn't world. find much information on them. No, no. There's, <laughs> uh, I guess there was like some criminal stuff that it wasn't with oh, Nick. It wasn't with oh, okay, Nick. Okay, okay. It was with, uh, I guess, somebody who ran it at the time. There okay. was some criminal stuff. They had to shut it down. Embezzling money or something, which was unfortunate because <laughs> yeah. it was a good program for you know inner city kids to go there sure. and get better. But uh, yeah, it does not exist anymore. <laughs> Too bad. Um, okay, so. You're, you're, uh, you went to Henrikin, went to Providence Cobras, you're over at URI. What is, uh, what's your kind of like training, like your day to day? Um, at, like, so you, you walk on, you make the team. Oh, let, let me tell you yeah. this. <laughs> let me tell you this story of me making the team. <laughs> so, uh, so I, you know, I go to walk on the team at URI. Good. Everything's going well. And then I fail medical clearance. So I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, how did I fail medical clearance? So, um, so I have, I have sickle cell anemia, so I'm severely anemic. Again, another disadvantage of why I shouldn't even be remotely good at sports. <laughs> uh, I'm severely anemic. I get crises. They're kind of like you blood clots, super painful. Um, and with the NCAA, the one thing that you can't have to do NCAA sports is sickle cell anemia. They give, no everyone, way. They give everyone a sickle cell trait test to see if athletes have the trait. Cause you know, if you're doing a high intensity sport, you could pass out and die, essentially. Sure, sure. So, um, so like you know, I found I so I didn't find out. I knew I had sickle cell, and the the, the medical staff wouldn't clear me. And I was like, 
I was like, all right, shit, um, can't get cleared. Pretty kind of sucked at the time. Yeah. Um, and then the head coach who was there, uh, John Copeland, um, he's one of the winningest coaches in the new NCAA history. Um, very old school coach. He, um, we, we had another thrower on the team that kind of got that got cut from the team. I, he failed out. Um, and then Copeland kind of gave me a call. Was like, hey, I'm gonna fight for you to be on the team if you want to be here. So you know, Copeland set up a meeting with my my medical doctor, the training staff over at URI. Kind of, they went over everything. My medical doctor was like, "Oh, he's fine. His hemoglobin levels are fine. Like he can." Yeah. And he's not like he's running. Yeah. Um. They're like, "Oh, he's good to go." And Copeland, you know, he he like stood by me and he was like, "I want you to be on this team." All and which, if you know Cope, Cope is a very stern guy. You don't you don't really get that out of him. He really really looked out for me, and then. Um, eventually uh, I was able to get on the team and, you know, I told him, Hey, thank you for the opportunity. I promise I won't let you down. And, Let's that, go. and that's, that's kind of what, you know, started my, my hero story, Let's right? Go. Yeah. You know, you have the, 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 my hero story started from there. And then I was like, I'm like, I can't let this guy down. I gotta, yeah. I gotta turn up I got my opportunity. Like I'm turning up. Um, so like that, that, that is what got me into the program and that's kind of where it started. Yep. That's cool. I, I like that a lot. Did you did did that end up like having to affect you at all during the season, like the sickle cell, or were you like you're pretty good with that? I, I'm pretty good with my health. Anybody that knows me, I'm a pretty regimented person. Um, I, and I think me being physically active, very physically active, yeah. kind of stops me from getting you know pain crises and all that stuff. Nice, nice. Did I have stuff that was happened um during the year? Hundred percent. But sure. was I good at you know managing it? Um, you know, letting my coaches know if anything was going wrong. Yeah, but um, you know, I, I, I try to be on top of that stuff. Yeah, under control. That's cool. Um, all right. So you so you make the team. What's your training like when you're there? Because just as like a college athlete, like what's what's your normal week look like? Like are you early morning practices or kind of like what's uh, what's your day to day? Put on weight. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> um, right. So uh uh so like going into college, I went into college at like. 172 pounds maybe <laughs> yeah and then you know uh like cope kind of looked at me he's like you gotta gain weight and i was like <laughs> and i was like he's, he's like but not shitty weight and yeah. i was like, I was yeah. like all right, all right i got you <laughs> so like I, th- I think the the hardest part of my training obviously we we threw five days a week we lifted four days a week we did you know a lot of general conditioning a lot of strength uh strength based training um Coach Copeland was actually my coach for the first two years in the Hammer, and then it switched over to Ben Carroll, who was he was or, Ben Carroll was already already there. He was doing shot discus and javelin, but then Cope eventually gave him the Hammer throw. Um, and then you know with Cope, it was mainly gain weight, get stronger, um, a very old school type of training as far as you know more gym head meathead uh, type of training, um, which again for me worked really really good because I was kind of like an empty shell and I was able, I ended up bulking up to like, I was like 205. Nice. I bulked up to, um, and then I, I got a lot stronger. My lifts all went up. Um, I, I had great teammates. And then when Ben took over the throws, it was more so, Hey, you got to get more flexible. You got to get better range of movement. Are you sleeping? Um, a, a lot of, a lot of other stuff that I didn't think was important. Yeah. More, I would say more modern, sports science bet don't remember ben's a huge meathead but um it was more so modern sports science you know kinesiology based application training gotcha okay so best of both worlds honestly 
What were you doing? Like, you're saying, like, you're just doing, like, meathead workouts. Were you just in there, like, bench press, like, lat pull downs, like, bicep curls? So, so um, more so, like, more, more so, again, uh, cleans, cleans, back squats, a um, lot of, lot of squat, any type of variation squat, pitch sharks, uh, front squats, you know, the list kind of goes on. A lot of it wasn't sport specific. Yeah, when, uh, just get big. Yeah, we had, we had a really good strength coach who, like, I again, I needed my first year. His name was Matt Rhodes. Okay. Um, really smart, really smart guy. He was a big power lifter. I think he squatted maybe nine hundred plus. Oh my god, like five hundred plus bench press. I, I'm not sure what wow. school he's at, but he was very big on you guys got to get strong. You got to get yeah. strong. You get strong, and then um, so any type of power lifting, base lift. That's cool. Uh, what about um like nutrition? Like, do they do they give you like a plan? Like, hey, eat eat these foods, stay away from these foods, or supplements or anything like that. So at the time when I was there, no, we didn't have a nutritionist on staff or anything like that. Um, a lot of the stuff that at least the my upperclassmen throwers that I I don't recommend was like you know we just watch you know Ronnie Coleman eating videos <laughs> and like see Ronnie Coleman eating like twenty eggs, some steaks, st- eggs, steaks. <laughs> So like I don't recommend that stuff, but it's it's crazy how like I'm not that old. I'm not that old, but the difference between 2013, 2014, 2015 to now is not even. There's more knowledge on the internet now. Sure, sure. Oh, um, totally. Back then it was like uh, you know we had some uh, this guy Will James. I was like I was like Will like you're a smaller hammer thrower. How do I get better? And he got so mad I, I said that. But um, <laughs> yeah, and then he just he just kind of showed me his ways of what he was doing, what he was eating. Um, just. Kept, you went to Butterfield Hall, you got six plates of food, you just ate it. <laughs> and you could just go and just like a buffet style, right? Just keep eating. Yeah. Don't don't recommend that now, but. <laughs> that is what's nice about being on a college campus like that. The meal point is just like, just eat until you can't move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, so you're you're in there, you're working out. What At what point, so you went in 2013. So you, you started winning or you started becoming pretty competitive. It looked like in... 2016 yep okay so what is it junior year yeah junior junior year is when i i kind of went from at least in like our region like who the hell is this guy yeah um and like a lot of people who were at least in rhode island has a good tradition of hammer throwers hammer weight throwers and really yeah and then a lot of people you know that were better than me i started you know beating people getting on the higher higher stages started you know winning more awards as far as recognition goes um 2016 is really where my big jump happened. Um, And I think that was a combination mainly of, uh, I think I got that solid foundation from uh, Cope and then Ben took over. And then it was very much so, this is how we're doing it. This is how we're programming all of this stuff. Like now you have all of this strength and stuff you built out. How do we transfer it into the sport? Right, Um, right. And I think also with me, I became a huge student of the event, uh, like those times, because again, I was like last fiddle on the team. I'm telling you, the the guys that we we brought in were really good. So I, you know, we had a, another guy we brought in who was also my roommate, good dude, Molly Canley. Uh, I think he was um, third in the country out of high school coming in. So he, and he was a hammer thrower stud. Um, so it's like I was like, hey man, like that's good. I have a good tra- I have a good training partner. Like yeah. let me see what Malik's doing. Um, let me see what all these other guys are doing. And I just started doing more research, and then you know annoying Ben, texting Ben all the time, like, hey, Ben, like, you see this article? Like, what do you think about it? <laughs> um, and then I feel like all that knowledge played, put in together, and then after, you know, two years of solid foundation building, solid training, then it was, all right, I can apply this now. 
That's badass. That's that's cool. So how many how many days a week are you just like in the gym getting at it versus how many days in the week are you on the field like just practicing your throws? So I uh, rule of thumb for throwers, you want to get about 10,000 throws a year. Wow. Okay. Depending on the event, hammer throw, shot put discus, you don't want to throw the javelin 10,000. You'll bl- you will blow out your elbow. <laughs> Did uh, you ever try that? No, no, <laughs> not the jab. Uh, um so that was the thing is like I can't I, I I became kind of obsessive. I came to the point where I had this irrational fear that if I wasn't training, other people were getting better than me. And I think that's what kind of lit a fire underneath my tail. Like I can't let other people get better than me. And I want to be the best, best I can possibly be. So, I mean, for me, I was probably getting, I was probably outside throwing minimum, minimum five days a week. Um, at the very least five days a week. Uh, that's kind of how p- practice was structured at URI. Yeah, okay. It was like practice was structured four days. I'd always go out the extra day. Nice. Um, and then I said I was lifting about four to five days a week um, at that time. Um, a- again, I said I was one of those. I took probably in a year, a month off total. I was, I was, I was all in, locked in, and like, did I make some mistakes? Did I get injured because I was overtraining? Yes, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Um. But, but was I like adamant about I need to be the best athlete I can possibly be? So I'm gonna do all of these things. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. It, and that's like that that common thing is like, all right, I want to do as much as I can. But then there does come to a point where okay, maybe you're doing a little bit too much, where you're getting injured, you set yourself back a little bit. Yeah. Because there is that like that perfect amount, that right amount to hit. Yeah. Wait, if you were to go back, could, would you change anything the way you did it? <sighs> like maybe more rest days or. If if I was to go back, I'd say I'm a better athlete now than I was when I was in college. And I sure. think now I prioritize stretching. That's something yeah. I didn't prioritize. Sure. I didn't prioritize sleep. Um, so for all the high school and uh, college athletes yeah. out there, you're getting words of wisdom right now. Yeah, this is what you need. <laughs> I, I like stretching, sleep, active recovery. I never did active recovery. I never did like an active recovery. Go out, do some yoga, some plyometrics. I definitely would have added more, way more gymnastics to my training. Um, at the time, I didn't realize that, and, and I and I think a lot of people don't realize it still. It's like ath- uh, throwers are athletes. Sure. Like when you see an elite level thrower, they're an athlete. Like their numbers jump off the charts. I was one of those people that used to always think, hey, if you just get stronger, like you're going to throw further. And like if you don't take any days you're gonna off, you're going to throw further. <laughs> and like through you learn way more from your L's than you learn from your W's. <laughs> sure. Like, sure. People, like you, you learn so much from your L's. Yeah. And yeah. I, I took a lot of L's and I think, you know, that's what makes me a better coach now. Sure. Sure. But um, th- those are the biggest things I would change. Sleep is yeah. important. Um, 100% sleep is important. Stretching, more plyometrics, more gymnastics. Overall conditioning is yeah. important. I like that. That's, that's cool. And kind of something that you just said about how, um, you know, ha- like hammer throws are incredible athletes. Um, there's something else I pulled off the your website. Your favorite athlete is, uh, I'm probably going to screw up his name, Primo. Oh, Primo's Cosmos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a Slovenian hammer thrower. Okay. Um, I think his PR was like 83 meters in the hammer. Um, clean. He was, he was clean. Um, most of the guys in the 80s weren't clean. He was more around the 90s, like 90s, early 2000s. You're saying clean as in like no steroids? No steroids. Yeah. Huge, huge steroid tradition <laughs> in the sport of throwing. Same with weightlifting. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's huge. more strength. It's, you know, you get better. Uh, is 83 in the hammer and... 
I, I, he, he the, uh, the Europeans don't throw the weight. Oh, okay. Uh, the weight's an American thing. Interesting. I don't think it's a stupid event. A lot of people go and say the weight throw is a stupid event. A lot of people say the weight throw destroys hammer technique. I completely disagree. You have to train the weight throw properly. There's sure. a proper way to train the weight throw. You can be an elite level weight thrower and an elite level hammer thrower. Sure. And a lot of, the, I think the huge mis- misconception right now is a lot of people think, oh, it's like, if you throw the weight, you're going to destroy your hammer technique. You're not going to get a hammer. It's like, no, the, the weight is a great accessory tool that teaches direct force application that you can apply into the implement. I, I, I am a fan of the weight throw if you train it properly. Sure, sure. Um, that, that's a story for another day. But that, <laughs> I, I like that. I didn't even know. I had to look it up the difference because like, I'm like, hammer throw. Okay, I think I know what that is. I looked up the YouTube video. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, okay, I've seen that. And then weight throw, I'm like, and I looked up that. I'm like, wait a second. How was that different again? And I had to look back and forth like, okay, that one doesn't look as heavy maybe or like the, the, the rope. Is yeah. that a rope is no, longer? It's a, it's, a, it's a wire kind of. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the weight throw is, uh, it's, in, it's indoors. It's 35 pounds for the men. It's 20 pounds for the women's. Uh, it's an indoor hammer throw essentially. Um, yeah, it's an American event. Americans love it. Uh, the Europeans do not throw it at all. It's a huge American thing. That's funny. And um, so how did it, how did it happen? Like that's a, it became like an American sport versus not European. Do you know? So I don't really know the history background of the weight throw. Um, that's something I, I, I definitely want to do research on, but uh, with the, with the Europeans, some, some companies like countries like Slovakia, yeah. they do like a short wire event where okay. it's like, it's a hammer but it's on a shorter length and it's heavier, so it's kind of like a weight throw. But, it's, but they won't call it that. But it's it's not the weight <laughs> throw. Yeah. And I think the adaptation of that later became the weight throw because the weight throw started, um, the, from my knowledge, I don't yeah. know the origin, it started as an NCAA event. Okay. It, it, big in the collegiate system to give hammer throwers the opportunity to compete indoors. Gotcha. Okay. Be, yeah, because what would happen it would be the shop would be the only indoor event, um, yeah. which, you know, it would kind of suck if that was the only one. So it gave throwers another opportunity to do it yeah. indoors. That's that's cool. That makes sense. So a little bit more about like just the technique behind it. So when I watched the YouTube video, it, so is there a like, I'm sure there's rules and limits to this. I know nothing about it. There's an amount of times that you can spin before you throw. So I, I, for my younger athletes, if anyone watches this, uh, it's not a spin, it's a turn. Okay, sorry. sorry. Uh, I, ma- I make them run a lap when they call it a spin. No way. I, should, I hate- should I get running? <laughs> no. I, I hate the term spin because a spin is okay. a spin. It's a, it's a turn. It's a, it's a rotational movement. Sure. Um, so um, I'd say the it's changed. Um, I'd say before you'd see more three turners. So okay. like three turns and release the hammer. Uh, four turns is now the more popular thing to get the distance uh, out there. Um, the circle, the, so to fit it within the circle, if you you know if you're in motion of the throw and you fall out of the circle, it's a foul. Um, right. And there's sector lines, so it has to the hammer has to stay in the sector when you release it. Like baseball, it can't go like beyond like the foul marking or Ex- whatever. Exactly. Okay. Like cool. That. Cool. Interesting. And, and it seemed like that circle was pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. Okay. And okay. So the, the people who are four turners and this could be just like a stupid question, but you get pretty dizzy. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're turning, you're turning very fast. Um, when you first start out, you get, you get very dizzy. You're like, <laughs> you're like, Hey, yo, what the hell am I doing? Like, where am I? It, it's funny. Whenever I teach a kid from the start, 
Like they'll <laughs> we'll just do some like turns on the on like a pavement. Yeah. And they're like, I need to sit down because I'm dizzy. Um, <laughs> but then after a while, you don't get used to it. You, you get so used to it. I mean, so, like my athletes right now, they take about 30 reps of practice and they're fine. That's really because coming from the PT side of things, when people have vestibular disorders, we do we don't we don't spin them or turn them, but like we'll do exercises to like help them like get their vestibular system like back up and rehabbed. Yeah. So it almost makes sense that like okay, but that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is like you have a normal vestibular system and you can just like practice that and just get it better and and have less dizziness essentially. Really? Wow. So that's I interesting. Did not know that. Yeah. Because yeah, there's there's people who like. Um, there's a condition called BPPV where basically uh, the sensory organ in your ear is almost like a, it's tubular and there's a certain, um, the layman term would be like a, a crystal essentially. And it can come out of the organ and move through the tubes. And essentially if you think of it like a snow globe, yeah. it like comes out of position and it's, it's a really common like PT diagnosis. And there's a couple of things you can do to, to get better. But one of them is like doing like a different like spinning essentially techniques to get to rehab the system, so so I'm, I'm gonna sound. Uh, I don't. This is right now. Um, is that so? Opposite vertigo. Is that kind of what it's like? You know, what's ver- vertical is when the your ears clogged, right? Or something it like can that. be. It can happen when your ears clogged. It can happen like if you go on an airplane. It can happen if you go like snorkeling because if because the vestibular system it's in your brain, but also there's an organ in your ear that affects it. So if you close your eyes and you're laying down, you know you're horizontal. Or if you're like face up, like you know you're like you're face up, face down. Okay. So yeah, right. that's that essentially is what makes you dizzy is like that system. Oh, all right. Yeah. I, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting to hear that, like, okay, like you must at that level, you're at the other end of the spectrum. You're still training it. Yeah. Because your first few times you get dizzy, but then once you like get better and better at it, it's like you're not dizzy anymore. Your your body is adapted to that stimulus. All right. All that's cool. That's, I like that's, that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay, so you so you have the, you have the three turns and then release. Is there any other like rules behind that, or essentially like? <laughs> I'm sure there's a ton. It's funny because I've hosted a lot of meets and I'm like 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 I'm used to like giving the whole commands or whatever. Yeah. So so uh, I'm gonna give you the quick meat rundown. All right, let's all right? hear it. <laughs> so um so you have the you have the hammer circle. You can for say we're at a competition, so you can enter the circle at any point that you want. I mean, so you have about a minute now. I believe a minute in high school to commence your throw from when you walk into the circle. Okay. So as soon as you start winding the hammer over your head, yeah. that's when your throw is in commencement. Like it's, it's ready to go. Um, from there on out, you have to eventually release the hammer, whether you do one turn, two turns, three turns, or four, you release it, you wait for the implement to land, and then you have to walk out the back half of the circle. If the gotcha. implement lands within the sector, the official usually say mark, then you, you mark the throw. Um, and then, um, that's kind of how you get your distance, but you have to walk out the, it's changed whether it's high school, every, every federation, I guess, has its own different thing now. Like before, when I was competing, you couldn't even like stumble out the back. You had to walk out of the back controlled. Now I know in like some, some systems you can be kind of falling out of the back and still be fine. But, um, yep. You, you get in the circle, you throw, it lands in between the sector lines. You walk out the back of the circle, the official marks it. And then you get your distance. And then usually when you go to competition, there's three preliminary throws. And then if you're top eight or top nine in competition, you move on to finals. Finals, you just get three additional throws. So what's the most amount of throws you would do if you're in competition? Six. Six. Okay, cool. So it's not not too many, no, but, no. but max effort. So oh yeah, you're. <laughs> it's fun. It's like you feel like you got hit by a truck yeah, after you're done competing. I bet. I, bet. Like, I only took six throws. I take 
40 at practice. Yeah, yeah. But they're as hard as you can. Yeah. So at practice, you're probably just going based on what is like RPE, like, yeah. Or, yeah. So every every coach is different. Um. Oh wait. Just to go back to what yeah, you said. Yeah. Go ahead. You want to stay as relaxed as possible in okay. competition. Any of my athletes watching, stay as relaxed as possible. Um. Do not get t- tight because you start pulling in. Sure. Like, all over the place. But um. But uh. <laughs> yeah. And, um. So it depends. Every coach, every system is different. Sure. Um. RPE. Like a lot of elite level athletes I've talked to, at least throwers. A lot of them do RPE. Um. I normally do like a. I normally do like. All right, we're gonna get thirty throws this practice. Or we're gonna get twenty throws this practice, or ten throws this practice, um, depending on the athlete. But say, for example, if I see they're fatigued and their technique is breaking down, they're all over the place. I'll cut it early. Sure. Um, sure. So RP is a fantastic way actually to train the throws. I think that's great for youth and developmental athletes, sure. just because they can get as much volume as they feel that day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think RP is great, but I think, yeah, I think RP is an indicator. I mean, I said I, I usually set, like, the amount. Um, if they're having a great day and they took 25 throws and they look fantastic and they're like, hey, coach, I want to take more, let's go, go for it. it. Yeah. Let's go for it. Yeah. What is that, that saying? Like, cook when the cook when the kettle's hot? Yeah, yeah, they, cook, yeah. Go for it. You, know, you got to start cooking, man. <laughs> yeah, like all right. That's cool. Um, all right. So let's, uh, I guess, let's transition. Um, or any any memorable moments as, it, as we're wrapping up URI. Um, I know. So you had those. Those A ten champions. Yep. Um. Uh. One in. What is it? Twenty eighteen. So were you? Were you? Um. Was was it red shirt? And then you had to, took an extra year at that point. Or yeah. So my. Oof. I I tore my quad at okay. practice one day. Oh. That's that's why I red shirted. Uh. I, I. It was a freak injury. I was just winding the hammer and I tore my quad. That's oh. like. That's not. You've had some pretty wild injuries. Like not not the most common ones. Yeah, still kicking, man. Still <laughs> yeah, kicking. There you go. It's uh, good. I'll be. They'll have to. I tell my athletes they have to wheel me around in a wheelchair and meets <laughs> soon enough. There you go. Um, yeah. No, I mean memorable moments. Um, it's like I I, I believe I don't, I can't even I think I won maybe four eight tens three or four I think mm. or or like I can't even remember. Um, but and that's kind of the good thing of I can't remember is yeah. the the most fun I had in track and field is all the memories I made. All the mm-hmm. friends I made, um, enjoying the process, and that's what I, I I try to tell all the all the athletes. I'm like, hey, you got to enjoy the process. Like, it has to be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it's no, when you start chasing distances and chasing, you know, awards and accolades and all that stuff, it, it removes the fun from the sport. Sure. Um, and when you're having fun and you're enjoying it, it, it you're gonna get the results you want. Yeah. Um. So you know, my favorite thing about you know. My URI career, track in general, is like I got to travel around the world. I got to see the world. I got mm-hmm. to make friends with people I never thought I'd be friends with ever in my life. I got to go out to, you know, University of Alabama and train for a week, you know, you know, go into That's those awesome. facilities. I just met, I just made so many connections. I made so many friends. I met so many different types of people. Um, did, like I, the sport did a lot for my life as far as a developmental person. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the most awesome part about, you know, getting the opportunity to, you know, coach Copeland, giving me the opportunity to be at URI and, you know, me taking the, you know, the opportunity and making the best out of it. Um, it's, and that's, that's what the sport's about. The sport, the sport is about, you know, enjoying the process. It's a journey. You're going to have more, you're going to have more downs, more L's, way more L's (laughs) than you're going to have W's. But, you know, those W's make all the L's you took worth it. That's awesome. So, I mean, going kind of off what you're saying, too, is like 
you got to have fun. You got to like what you're doing. Yeah. But I'm also sure, like, on the flip side, there were some days you're like, oh, man, I don't want to go to practice. Like, so what got you through those times? Oh, man, there was, day, like, there was days where you just had, like, slumps where you're like, <laughs> you just don't even know how to throw anymore. And you're just you're like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I've been doing this for, how do I know how to throw? How do like, I forget how to do this? <laughs> like, days I've been contemplating my life. I'm like, I'm like why, the, why am I doing this bullshit? Like, the shit's, <laughs> why am I? Why am I out here? It's 20 degrees out. There's snow yeah. on the ground. My hands are bleeding. I'm throwing. <laughs> I'm trying to get a fucking ball on a wire. Excuse my language. A ball on a wire <laughs> far. And it's like, and then you just have the worst practice of your life. And then you just go in your car. You're playing sad music. You're at Chipotle, <laughs> depressed. Like, do you have a sad music? Do you have a, do you have a genre? Oh, man. Just, just, the grunge? Jo- some, no, not grunge. No. <laughs> some John Legend, man. <laughs> no. Man, some John like I'm listening to like John Legend. I'm listening to some sad R and B music. Some Adele. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not like <laughs> yeah, Adele. Come on, come on. Was rolling the deep. Um, and I'm like, why am I doing this? So like, yeah, you do have those moments. Those those moments happen for sure. Not even. Yeah. But you 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 got it. You got to overcome that stuff, man. Right, it's it's right. a it's a light it's a life sport. Yeah, yeah. You got to think big picture. Big picture. That's cool. I like that. All right, so I guess we'll wrap up the URI and uh, what. So you, you graduated. Um, I know you're at Harvard now, and, yep. and you're doing personal training, doing coaching. But I'm I don't know if I'm missing a gap here. But what 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 was the uh, journey from graduating URI and then starting to um, work over at Harvard? Um. So I so while I was at URI, I started a track and field club. Um, cool. It's it's called Rise Athletics. Uh, Sweet. At me on Instagram. Um, <laughs> called Rise Athletics. Uh, I never wanted to be a coach ever. I would never wanted to be a coach. No shot. Like letting. 14 to 22 year old kids control your mental health and your happiness and your worth in life. No shot. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I never wanted to be a coach. Uh, so what, what, when I was at URI, I guess I, I guess I kind of had a, like a mini following essentially in the, in the state just cause I was, you know, a good athlete, you know, who was a walk on and then, you know, a lot of athletes. So I had a lot of, you know, athletes reach out to me via Instagram be like, hey, is there any way you can help me out or whatever? And I was like, I was like, hey, ghost these messages. <laughs> um, and then eventually, I'm, I'm, eventually, I was like practicing one day, and then I had like an athlete like stroll by, and like they're falling all over the place. And I started helping the athlete, and then from there on out, kept hitting me up, shooting me text messages, and I was like, I was like, no way, this is 360. I did the same thing to Coach Palazzo, like same spot, same things happening. So I had to start helping out this athlete, and then he's like, hey, can I bring one of my friends? <laughs> And I was like, sure, you can bring one of your friends. Brought one of the friends. Then his friend was like, can I bring one of my friends? And I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, oh my God, what did I, I'm like, what did I get myself into? And then eventually I was like, hey, you know, there's, there's, uh, a, there's a lot of really, really good coaches in the state for uh, track and field in Rhode Island. Um, but there's a lot of schools that don't have coaches or don't have, you know, and there's a lot of kids that want to get good. So I was like, hey, you know, let me put this club together. So I think the first year of the club I had, like six kids sure. and, and then it kind of just grew into almost 40 plus wow. yeah it just kind of it, it just grew um and you know it's like one of those things where i'm like how, I'm like, how, how, how did i get myself in this situation i don't want to coach <laughs> kids um so yeah it, it kind of just grew from there uh and then with uh and then you know i started having like and then i started helping out north kingstown high school Cool. Um, and then we had a we had a really good tradition over there. Um, we had a lot of kids do really well, break school records, uh, get Division One 
scholarships, um, and then the club grew as well. So those two kind of grew simultaneously. Um, but then when I was uh, going back to college, when I was at URI, like, you know, when I was having my last year review meeting with Cope, who also told me I was going to be a coach when I was like, no shot. <laughs> um, he was like, oh, you're going to coach in college. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to coach in college. <laughs> um, so uh, the Harvard thing kind of happened randomly. Um, I'm friends with the uh, throws coach who's over there at Harvard, and she kind of uh, – she knew me from, like, high school and college and all that stuff, and she knew I had an interest in uh, – eventually being a collegiate throws coach so every like year for a couple of years she'd hit me up like hey like uh so you want to come try it out and i was like <laughs> i was like no i'm good <laughs> oh i, I kind of ghosted her she's a super nice woman um i kind of ghosted her and then uh eventually you know she got me and i was like hey I'll, you know come try it out and i started you know working out with some harvard athletes prior to that and i, I really liked those athletes a lot and then eventually grew to me now being over there that's pretty cool are you still doing the um the rise athletic so the rise athletic really? i'm gonna do that in the in the summer cool. um cool. so that'll definitely happen in the summer i with ncaa i can't coach high school kids while working uh, with the collegiate team oh interesting okay um, it's huge like huge it's a weird it's a weird ncaa violation like if they came to campus i can coach them but like outside of like a 50 mile radius you can't oh that's bizarre um yeah but i mean the harvard experience has been it's been Good, man. I, I like the athletes a lot at Harvard. I like the group a lot. Really good energy, really good intensity, a lot of potential in the group. Um, you know, when you think Harvard, a lot of people think, oh, it's going to be some, like, stuck-up kids or yeah, yeah. whatever. But, like, no, I mean, they're a really, really good intellectual, like, want to get better, want to get after it. They motivate me to want to be there. And I, I really, I, I again, I never thought of the college, but yeah. I really like the, the group over there. That's cool. And you were even saying, like, you were starting to say off air, like, the differences between the college kids versus working with high school kids. Yeah. So, diff totally different? Huge difference. <laughs> Huge difference. Um, high, high school and, like, youth development is different because with a lot of my youth development guys, they're grassrooted kids. Like, I, I'm probably the only coach they've ever had. Sure, um, they, sure. they know my expectations as a coach. They know what I'm fine with, what I'm not fine with. Um, they know how I like to compete or how I want them to compete and how to conduct themselves. I'm very big on, you know, you got to hold yourself to high standard. You got to be very respectful. Um, you know, we're, we're very, we're very organized. If yeah. you, you see my youth guys, like, okay, like they, they know the expectations. A lot of times they'll go out and practice and I don't even have to be there because nice. um, they understand and like they're young. Um, with Harvard, it's, it's different because College kids are, at least college kids, like now especially, they're going through a lot of shit. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on, mental health issues, which um you know you have to be aware of, especially in a high stress environment like that. Um, but a lot of the kids over at Harvard, they've had other coaching before. They've yeah. had so it's a lot of times you're you can't really mold them maybe as much as you would with the high school kid. Yeah, like from the ex, from the start, it's like start, yeah. So a lot of it's like buy in factor. Yeah, they, they have yeah. to trust me. Sure. Um, you know if. And I always tell them, I'm like, hey, guys, if you don't trust me, um, you know, it's not going to work. Yeah, literally. You, you yeah. Got, you got, you know, I'm going to invest as much time as I can into you guys. You know, if you guys ever need me, I'm going to be there. I said, I'm one of those people. I don't miss meets. I, I don't like being late to practice. Um, I'm like a very big uh, players coach. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm like, I got your back. I want you to have my back. And it's about establishing that where with the youth guys, they already know that. 
and yeah. they they don't have to. You have to tell them that. They, they don't have they to just see it. They 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 know, they know <laughs> that they're like yeah. yo they're like yo this guy's coming to practice earlier, shoving the circle, throwing snow melt on the circle so we can throw or yeah. <laughs> or like you know picking like if they they they're stuck somewhere they need me to pick me up, pick them up they know they can call me or whatever. With college, it's you know they don't know me you right. know right. so it's a lot of a lot of the first couple of months was just kind of getting the kids to buy in. Um, you know, trust in my ability as a coach to get them better. And, you know, again, not only to make them better athletes, better people. Yeah. Um, so th I think that's been the huge, huge, huge struggle <laughs> for me, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally different populations. And is this your first season over Harvard now? Yeah. And it, did you start, uh, you start this coming spring or was it last fall? So I started in the fall. So I started nice. in like August. Cool. How'd it go? Uh, 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 room for improvement for this for this spring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of room for improvement. I, I, again, you know, it's it's finding out every out. Like, what yeah. have you done in the past? Yeah. What, and 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 it's funny because a lot of them don't know a lot of like stuff that like I thought they would just know generally because sure. I just assumed. Yeah, yeah. Because um, just because I said I like I just assumed it. But, but you're also like a student of the game too. You. It sounds like you just done so much research into it. Like huge. Yeah, and maybe maybe some of these kids are just like they show up and throw. Yeah, and you know? like they're good, like <laughs> yeah, they're real they're good. good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's one of those things where it's uh, and and then also with the college guys versus the high school, I think I'm I'm a little bit more um, uh, how would I how to say it's more like a, a lot more laid back in sure. sense of like I'm not really like on their asses all the time and stuff like that. And I feel like with high school kids or like younger kids, they need more of that structure because they'll just, it, it's a dangerous sport at the end of the day. Like sure, you, yeah. you can hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, so like I'm very big on safety and with college, you don't have to do as much of the safety cause they get it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, we'll, we'll switch gears slightly. So are you, um, are you still competing in like powerlifting or Oli or were you doing any competing in that or just training with that? I was just training. Yeah. Honestly, I said, I, um, it, it, it's something where like, I've never loved. I like being a, like when I was an athlete, I loved being an athlete and I never thought I wouldn't ever be an athlete. And yeah. I thought, Hey, I'm going to be done. Um, I'm going to train for USA weightlifting. Um, uh, I'm training American open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do meets. I'm going to do all this stuff. And then eventually it stopped being about me Sure, and being more so about, I gotta get these kids to turn up. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta get these kids to snap, man. I'm, right. I'm I'm out here in the trenches with these kids. I need to get them to to get better. So um, I never got into that stuff. Cool. Uh, but I said, if I wasn't coaching, I can promise you, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I like <laughs> I like training hard. I like high intensity. I would be doing uh, that makes sense competitions. Though. That's cool. So the shirt you have on right now, C CBC Carol Barbell Club. Check it out, Westerly, Rhode Island. Oh, okay, yep. nice. Um. I know just from, just from being in the weightlifting world for a while. Is that the one um, Cooper trains out of? Travis, he, he drops there once in a while. I'm, I know it's one of Westerly. Is there a, a Westerly barbell club too? No, it's Westerly CrossFit. That's the one oh. he drops by. Oh, is that separate? It, it's it's right next to it's it. Right, no way. Of <laughs> it, course, of course. Uh, my my throws coach in college is actually his his gym. Super cool gym. If you ever want to check out, it's like an Ooh. underground uh, like Hulk Hogan kind of vibe. Love kind it. Of gym. It's fired up. That's awesome. So. Do you uh do you drop down there in, to Westerly? Are, are you are you from the area? Are you in yeah. Providence? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in Rhode Island. I, yeah. I live in Rhode Island. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not leaving. I'm never leaving. <laughs> Same. Be Same. Best state. Best state. <laughs> I fight with people all the time. This is the best state it in the is. country. I've been everywhere. The best state in the country. It is. It. I agree. 
Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm never leaving. Um, yeah, I, I will go and drop down there. Um, my, my training now is I, I change my like uh, what I want to do every single year. Um, my training now is different, but it's it's cool. What are you hitting now? So now I'm doing a lot of velocity based training. No, I know that's big right now. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, I just feel better. Like I feel better when I do speed stuff. Yeah. Um. So I've been doing a lot of like super fast cleans. I think I, I ripped a really good, like I did, I think it was 245 for five super fast with a Tendo unit. Nice. Um, I've been just doing a lot of speed stuff just because I feel great doing it. I've never trained like this before. That over at Harvard, they have the Tendo unit? Yeah, they yeah. have that. That's um, cool. And then I, I have this like cheap app that I use sometimes. Nice. Where I get like my speed. Um, and, it, and it sets parameters of like, oh, wow, like I have to get it at. Yep whatever um so i mean i still i still train five days a week you know every year i decide something different that i want to do so with the with the velocity based training does it does it basically whatever program you're doing is it like okay you have to hit these reps but it has to be within this between this speed and the speed yes gotcha oh okay. yeah you, you, you get smoked <laughs> yeah and then if you like let's say you do lift and you're starting to get slower you're like okay your set's done like, yeah yeah you're, you're not doing any more reps there yeah so that's cool and, and then yeah that's the big thing and then like um as a hammer thrower, the the worst lift for you is, is the bench press. You don't want to bench a lot. Really? Yeah, because you want you want to get the ball as far away from your body as possible. You want to have a long radius. Sure. Um. So, like, when, if you have a big bench, your yeah. arms become like this. The ball doesn't get as far as possible. So, I mean, my Best range of motion. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. So, my big thing was I've never had a good bench press just because of that. Sure. And like now I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to smoke some shit on the bench. There we go. <laughs> now you can get after it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying Let's to hit go. some crazy shit on the bench. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I'm I'm not good at bench either, but I don't have any any excuse to back it up. It's just <laughs> just is what it is. <laughs> exactly. Um. All right. So let's um. I guess let's start to or. All right. Let me ask this question. What are you doing for nutrition right now? Nutrition. Um. So right now I'm pr- again I'm pretty good on my nutrition. Um. Right, right now, I th- the the number one thing is just eating clean. Yeah. Um. Usually in the summer, I'll cut down. Like summer, summer, I'm very regimented. Well, not the summer. I'd say like the spring going into the summer, I'm very regimented. Um. Right now, it's Trend just season. Like, yeah. I, I I like I cut. I like I like kind of get all into it. Like no alcohol, all the stuff. Cut weight. Nice. Um. But right now, I said my number one thing is just eating clean. Um. You know, just try to again my spinach shake every single morning. Uh, I, I really don't eat anything fried. I stay away Good. from fried food, um, even though it's absolutely delicious. Uh, I stay away from fried food. I don't eat a lot of breads either. Uh, again, it's not like, I don't, I, I don't like really on top of it right now. Sure. Uh, but like, as soon as it's I get the winter is the bulk, you know, you yeah. a little more flexibility. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I get to spring, man, I'm telling you right now, like I like, I cut down yeah. a lot. So. Yeah. So you, you almost like like a paleo style, yeah. Like pretty unprocessed, yeah. Pretty healthy un- foods, yeah. Just like oh, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Cool. I like it. All right. So um, last couple questions before we wrap up. Right at the uh, top of the hour here. Um, or anything also you're doing for uh, recovery? I know you, I know you mentioned sleep. Any tech that you use for that, like heart rate trackers, um, or just anything else for recovery, like yoga, stretching, meditation, massage, PT. Uh, heat, cold, anything like that. So this is another thing where uh, don't be like me. My sleep is bad, man. My sleep <laughs> is so bad, and and I know that's the number one thing I need to work on. But it's like I, I balance a lot of things, and I think the thing I give up. You know when they say you have the the 
balanced pie chart. You have to give up one thing. Sleep is bad. Like yeah. that is one of those things where do not be like me. Get your sleep. <laughs> you need it. Recovery is important. Um, but like, yeah, sleep is sleep is not my thing. You know what's funny is what I this could just be coincidence, but what I found the most the people. I mean, obviously we like sleep is super important. I agree. Yeah. But the people who are like the most adamant about like make sure you get your sleep are usually the ones that are like, man, I really need to work on my sleep too. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy. <laughs> That's what I found. That's what I found. It's like, <laughs> it's crazy. You realize how important it is when you're not getting it. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I got like I need. To, I got to stop that. I got. I got to. I got to get better. Um, how about um, like massage work, yoga, stretching, anything like that? Big stretching. Big stretching. The morning person. Um, my number one goal for this year is I want to find a physical therapist. Maybe it'll be you. Hey, come on. Um, I want. I want to get find a physical therapist, and I just want to go in and hold me accountable for stretching. Yeah. Um, because it's one of those things where, like, yes, I do stretch in the morning and stuff like that. But is it is it something that I think is extremely important for me that I need to do? Sure. Is that that that's that's the goal? I'm gonna get a physical therapist, and I'm gonna pay just to go in two days a week and just be like, "Hey, can we just stretch?" Yeah. Um. You know, I, I said I'm not a huge. Uh, I don't really like yoga because a lot of those positions I can't even get into just because sure. of my le- my right leg being robotic. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that from the surgery? Yeah, from all those <laughs> from the femur. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, so, um, but like you know, I think when I uh, broke my knee or femur injury, yeah, or whatever, okay. I think the best thing where I always talk about to the day was having a really good fa- physical therapist. My oh. physical therapist definitely changed my life for hey, sure. Hey, I, I like that advice a lot. <laughs> I, I can get behind that. <laughs> Hit up my boy. <laughs> all right, so uh, all right, so last couple questions just to wrap up. Um, anything in store for the future? I know you got a lot going on at Harvard, which is awesome. But anything you're looking forward to uh, coming up soon or this year? Um, I, I don't know. I'm a I'm an ebbs and flow guy. I go yeah. with the flow. Um, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if I'm going to be in collegiate athletics still. I'd like to be in collegiate athletics still. Cool. I think. Um, again, group at Harvard. Check them out. Fired up this year. They're going to do That's well. Cool. Love those kids, man. Those like. Those kids piss me off. Don't worry me wrong, but I like I love those kids. Those are, it's a it's a really really great group. Hundred cool. percent. Um, like uh, they're gonna do well. Follow them. That's awesome. Um, so you know I, I don't know what the future holds. Ebbs and flows. Rise yeah. Athletics will still be running. That's cool. Um, still gonna be giving back to the kids, giving back to the community. My number one thing is, hey, I'm I think I was put on this earth to give back. Um to the community, man. I, I like supporting kids. I like supporting athletes. I want to get better. Uh, so that, that's my goal is, you know, invest my time into the youth. And I awesome. think more people need to invest time into youth development. I'm a huge youth development guy. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the future holds. Ho- hopefully uh, somebody notices me and they're like, Oh wow, this guy's like, this guy doesn't kind of suck. Like maybe we'll give him a job. Hey, there we go. Roadie strength to put you on. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and quick, quick rise, uh, rise athletics. That's in the summertime, right? Yes, sir. That's cool. All right. Um, and then anything else you want to plug? Where can people find you? Is, is Instagram? You're on Raisin Brand also on Instagram? Oh, Raisin Brand. Uh, that's my personal. <laughs> Actually, you can go on the Rise Athletics Instagram. Okay. Um, I, I, it's weird enough because I, and I get, a lot of my kids give me shit for it because they're like, hey, you got to rip the Instagram more. Sure. And, and I've always been one of those people where I like kind of flying underneath the radar. <laughs> That doesn't mean don't shout me out. Yeah, but yeah, of course. <laughs> I've always wanted people that like, because like, I said, I get so many messages and all the time and I'm like, oh man, how do I balance all of this? So I've always like laid low. That's uh, cool though too. As far as the uh, Instagram goes. But um, yeah, I mean. Rise Athletics is the spot to. Rise Athletics okay, cool. is, the spot, is the spot to DM me. Come join the squad. Let's get work done. Love it. All right. The uh, final question we're going to leave you off with. 
So this is a Tim Ferriss question. It's basically it's um, if you get the uh, billboard on ninety five, the yeah. uh, the one where the big blue bug is. Yeah, is, yeah. It, is it uh is it Rob Levine right there? I yeah, think? it's Rob Levine. Yeah. So if, if you get that billboard for a day, it's basically it could be your message to the people of Rhode Island. Some people will choose like a favorite uh, quote or favorite saying. Uh, what would you put up on that billboard? Uh, so, oh, quick, Rob Levine. He's ripped out of his mind. I'm not sure you saw him. Yeah? He, he works out. He's ripped out of his mind. <laughs> he really is the heavy hitter. No way. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I've said this question so many times, and I'm surprised he hasn't come after me yet. No, nah, uh, he's ripped. I, that's cool to know. <laughs> no, nah, he's ripped out of his mind. Dude, dude just bicep curls. Let's go. Um, my, I got this from uh, one of my favorite coaches. His name was uh, Judd Logan. Um, he, he talked about being the man in the middle or being the woman in the middle. Um, my number one thing, I, and I try to preach to all my athletes, is, hey, guys, you're going to have way more bad days than you're going to have good days. You're going to have days you're going to want to give up. You're going to be days when things are tough. But again, you know, if you can learn to be in the middle and realize that the good days are going to come, and you're going to excel and you're going to achieve your goals, you're going to reach that. And it's all about conquering the mental aspect of sport. Sport in general is mental, very, very mental. And, you know, if you let those bad days break you, you, you're kind of smoked at that point. And you got to realize, stay on the path of consistency, stay on the path of, you know, trusting your coach and trusting in yourself and your ability to achieve your goals, and you're going to achieve your goals. Um, and that's one of those things I've been huge about is you got to be the man in the middle or the woman in the middle. You got you to gotta live in the middle. And, you know, I tell them about track and field and, you know, throwing. And I also, you know, believe the same way about life. And that's why I think, you know, throwing is the best uh, life-based sport you're going to get. Uh, so that, that, that's one of those things where, like, I'll, I'll tattoo that on. I don't, <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, great. Hey, it's great. Mic drop. Yeah. Good drop. stuff. Bang. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, thanks for being on. Of course. Hey, thanks for having me. I'll definitely be checking out more of your podcast. Absolutely. All right. Roadie Strength signing off.